Welcome to Day 59 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp, here with Katie and Matt Kresge. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Uh, last time we were uh, together, we had the wonderful uh, summary of the church where they all together and they had one heart and one mind. And we've seen cracks, you know, in the unity of the early church, first through the threat of Ananias and Sapphira, as they conspired to... Uh, have people see them as more spiritual and more sacrificial than they really were. And uh, now we see that in uh, chapter 6 when there seems to be a disparagement you know, between those who were Hebrew in uh, their orientation and those who were Greek in their orientation, even though they were all in one family and from you know, one heritage. So we see the first, the first complaining in church. So we, moving from churches, we, we want it to be to churches, we experience it every day. There's mm-hmm. a, a bit of hypocrisy that's coming to the church, and there's also uh, a bit of uh, discrimination coming into the church uh, as well. So that's how we find ourselves when we move into chapter 6. So the early church, for all it is, uh, for all we've worked it up to be in our mind, has some of the same very human problems that we have. Before we uh, dig into chapter 6, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you that uh, our Savior is holy and is majestic and is beautiful and full of grace in everything he is. We realize we fall far short of reflecting your heart and your character. May you give us grace, Father, to know you, to follow you, and to serve you. May we be as, as broken as we are. May we be an ever better reflection of your heart and your character. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Chapter 6, verse 1. We're not sure, you know, in time how far we've moved from those early days or the first weeks of the life of the church. But in uh, verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This pro- proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, and convert a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexander, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. He began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We've heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin, proposed uh, produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. 
All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So, Matt, what does the face of an angel look like? <laughs> That's a good question. Exactly. Yeah. No idea. I have no idea what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, usually, we usually get much better answers yeah. from Matt on that. But There's that, no, that, no clarity that, in the Greek either. There is yeah. no clarity in the Greek at <laughs> all of that. Katie, what do you think a face of an angel is? Oh, my gosh. If I had to guess, I would say that maybe it it reminded – it kind of reminds me of when Moses comes down from, from Mount Sinai and is – is so bright that people don't even want to look at him. Um, so maybe Stephen was kind of reflecting the light, um, kind of like Moses did. Who? That, that's a good reference. That's a, that's a good that's a good reference. <laughs> My guess is not quite that bright, but uh, certainly they saw in him a calm and a demeanor that only the Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah. you know, can give mm-hmm. in, in the midst of the trial like that. And that wasn't even a real question. I just thought I'd throw that out for the fun of it. So, what are some of the other things in this? This passage, you know, that uh, draw our eye and, and our attention. I think it's good to see the early church facing some struggles, like just some even everyday struggles. And you mentioned discrimination, and yeah, we we see that there's groups that feel like people are being left out, their widows are being left out. So uh, I think it's good for us to see that. that that's it's been happening for a long time and, and so it's when we shouldn't be surprised when it's happening among us today um but yeah and i think it's for me personally as i read it um i see how the apostles saw it as important to continue doing the ministry that god had given them and um and to go ahead and um and figure out who could do that ministry of distributing the food. But it wasn't just like, let's just get some, some people just to give out food. But no, they, they wanted to pray about it. They wanted to these, these men to be um, full of the spirit and wisdom too. Even, you know, yeah. like we could look at it and, and see, well, it's just people giving food out. It's like not that big of a job, but it is a big deal. So, so different than is. how we recruit. A lot of times like, you know, churches are kind of, can be guilty of, you know, hey, we just need someone to step in and fill this place. You know, we have a spot to fill when it comes to volunteering or serving. And when the early church looked at, you know, this responsibility, which would have been, I mean, an important responsibility, because this is what, I mean, the heart of God, you know, especially in the Old Testament and the New Testament is for the widows, to take care of the orphans and the widows. And, and so this would have been important, but they 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 say, let it be known, you know, let, let us choose those who are full of the spirit and wisdom. Let's find people who are of good reputation you're not just someone that can step in and serve let's not right. just look for anybody and, and of course he's not saying you know full of the holy spirit and have good business sense because wisdom itself is a quality that comes from yeah. from god that is mm-hmm. over and above you know natural you know, natural ability so we want to see people who god is at work in their life and of course that's the rest of the chapter demonstrates mm-hmm. how wisely they chose you know through stephen mm-hmm. who was much more than just you know an, an administrator but he he started you know right there just serving tables which reminds us of jesus who yeah. served at the table he said uh the wealthy i mean the the prominent among you said as the table is one who is served i said among you as one who, who does serve. And you're right, it captures, you know, here's the question, what kind of church are we going to be? Are we going to be a church you know, full of good works or a church that majors on the word mm-hmm. and prayer? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. Yes and yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be a people who uh, extend ourselves in grace to each other, but we are going to be a people who never 
events are far from the priority of the word yeah. in, in prayer. And didn't yeah. they select several Greeks? Because those are Greek names, right? Every one of those names is Greek. Yes. Uh, in other words, you see their wisdom in, in the selection of and amen that the Greeks or the Hellenistic Jews. If you grew up in Jerusalem, you, you grew up in Hebrew culture. If you grew up, you know, in, in the places you know mentioned here, Alexandria and beyond, or in the rest of the Roman world, uh, you would grow up in Greek culture. So there was just a little bit difference in your approach, even to your Judaism. Mm-hmm. And so there, there there were differences, you know, not not so much in nationality, but in languages that they spoke, mm-hmm. and in the way that they carried out the customs of the law of Moses. And sure. the differences, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, I uh, came forth, and so they chose. Uh, Men with Greek Greek names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of them a convert to Judaism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. I, I love too. I mean, uh, the danger of you know it says the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Just the the kind of the danger of complaining against. You know, I, I don't know if it's just kind of become commonplace in our culture today to just kind of complain against people and, and maybe even just call it like prayer request. You know, it's like we can share some things. I, I don't even think we sanctify it that much. <laughs> I just think we just let loose and we complain. Yeah. Uh, and we've permissioned ourselves, uh, you know, to speak against you know each other, and we've permissioned ourselves also to to speak against God and speaking against yeah. each other, as James would remind us, you know, someone who's made in his image is, is well. And obviously, complaining is not a, you know is not a not a solution, you know, to anything. Nor is it anything close to following our Lord, who, yeah. although they hurled their insults at him, did not retaliate. Peter, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he like a, a lamb before the shearer was silent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we could learn you know some good lessons yeah. to speak only words of encouragement, speak words that are necessary to build up, but to watch our tone and you know yeah. tearing down each other. You're right. Uh, I love the word "gagudzomai" in Greek. It, sound, it just sounds like grumbling. <laughs> yeah, and it was the sin. I mean, in a lot of ways, it was the sin of the wilderness too, right? That the people of God were constantly Complained grumbling. Yeah. You know, and then I, the other part that always just stands out to me is I, I love how the church says, you know, let us not neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Not that that was a lesser thing, but let's be the people of the word. Let's let's give that priority. And you have these brothers who come in, and they they say, "We'll take up that mantle. We'll serve." And you, other than Philip and um, Stephen. and Stephen, we don't see these names again. They go on serving in obscurity, but we see that the early church thrives. You know, the, so the word of God spread. In other words, like what they do here, you know, God blesses and, and says, "Yeah, you, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like." As you give priority to the word, you know, and and maybe. Maybe you're like Stephen and you get to, to kind of serve in this way, you know, or whether you're like, name one of them, you know, Parmenius, who we never see yeah, again, yeah. You know, but was faithful to, to um, do what God called him or, to do. Or like Stephen, who, even though he was powerful in speech and word, was willing to serve at the table, uh, willing to take a lesser role, if that's what the body of Christ needed at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, which is a a beautiful sign of servant leadership, which of course our Lord demonstrated for us. Do you feel sometimes? Like, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, do you feel like Luke is kind of pointing to that here because I see so many parallels between Stephen and Jesus, 
you know, what you just noted that he was willing to do that, but also, um, just, you know, he had the face, like the faith face of an angel. And then even just, um, the accusations that were brought against him, they just remind me so much of Jesus, but I thought maybe. Of course, you're getting ahead in the passage Uh-oh. just a little bit for Am us, but, that, but that's okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that's quite all right, because eventually, as, you know, as uh, he is uh, you know, uh, executed, uh, I'm sorry we jumped a shark here, but eventually, you know, as, as he is executed, he prays the same prayer as Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive them. Yeah. You know, they have no idea what they're doing. And of course, that is not just the point of life of Stephen, but that is the point of the entire church. They were like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that, you know, a couple of days ago. Uh, they took note that they were ordinary, unschooled men, and, and they noticed, or they took note that they had been uh, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's not something we just want to see in Stephen. That's something we want to see in the character of the church as a whole and in every, you know, every member of the church. Yeah. Yeah, I think another interesting thing in verse 7 when it says, So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests. You know, meaning that the word of God was spreading in areas now, not just, uh, you know, maybe in lower income areas or, you know, to the outcasts of society, but now it's reached the very temple courts and it's beginning to reach yeah. the people, you know, who are serving inside of the temple. The, the priesthood had become the aristocracy. So. In Jerusalem, they were usually part of the Sadducean, you know, sect. Uh, so they had a, a pretty high-minded, you know, liberal theology of the day. Uh, and uh, so to see the gospel penetrating and capturing them, matter of fact, you know, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And of course, what are they preaching? The resurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is notable that it's penetrating. E- even the aristocracy are beginning to see in Jesus a fulfillment of Israel's story. Yeah. Love it. It's powerful. I've always, you know, liked their final accusation, uh, for we've heard uh, him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us, and ultimately uh, the temple, the place would be destroyed, and uh, the customs would would be changed. And, of course, you know, that was part of Jesus, you know, confronting, you know, the Pharisees, destroy, you know, and them asking for a sign, destroy this temple, mm-hmm. and, and I will raise it up. So we have a new temple, and we do have a new reality, and we do have a, a new way to worship, and it was disruptive. Uh, this is what Jesus talked about when he said, you do not pour new wine into old old wineskins. Mm-hmm. And they may have anticipated coming what, you know, actually you know, would come, that uh, God by grace through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit would so transform uh, everything that uh, Judaism imagined itself to be uh, in order to see our, His grace in them. Mm-hmm. So it is, a, it is kind of a, a shadow of what is to come. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, you, that charge, right, that this fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law really sets us up for tomorrow when we see Stephen respond to these charges. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, that, that's been fun for, fun for today, so let's uh, close out. Katie, could you close us in yeah. prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you for this time in the Word, and, um, and thank you so much for the work that you did through your disciples, through your early church, and um, for the work that 
your spirit continues to do um, through us. And when we take a look at our own hearts, we wonder why, why you choose to use people like us, people who are deeply flawed. Um, but we know, we know and trust that, that you have a perfect plan. And so we humbly um, accept the work that you have for us, however um, countercultural it may be. And, um, and Lord, would you help us to be faithful? Help us to be obedient um, as these disciples that we're reading about were. And would you empower us, Holy Spirit, to, to do um, your work and to be in the middle of your will. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.